This episode of the Europuck podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. Now, everybody's favourite time of year is right around the corner. It's college football season. And to celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the centre of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. You can take advantage of this limited-time offer right now. Yep, $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. As promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. A big thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring this episode. Hello, bonjour, hello, hi, hey, and previet hockey fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Euro Puck podcast and what is officially, I'm dubbing it anyway, the start of season two. Yes, season two of the Euro Puck podcast with ice hockey now just one week away across Europe uh, in the Champions Hockey League, which starts uh, a week tomorrow as I'm recording this. It's going to be a strange episode this because obviously we look at stuff that's happening a week ahead and I'm recording this and the Champions Hockey League is more than a week ahead but when it comes out it's less than a week ahead and it's it is messing with my head a little bit um, and eagle-eyed amongst you will also notice that uh, a certain Hayden Oddman Rush still not here is still over in Canada and the last time I spoke to him he was thinking of extending his stay in Canada um, until December was the last thing I heard um, talking to him. So we are still trying to figure out once um, his his work finishes over there, we're going to sit down, figure out how the podcast is, is going to work with, with the time zones and he needs to get equipment for over in Canada and indeed, if the, the podcast is, is going to work. So at this exact moment in time, um, unfortunately, I can't kind of give any definite we're going to have a full season two because it, it may just prove to be to, to be too difficult with, with time zones and work commitments with see Hayden will be having uh, he's kind of I think he's on like a visitor visa, but trying to you'd be sorting out things over in over in Canada and I've got my kind of two other jobs as as well as doing this and all my volunteer position and starting up a new show so not 100% sure what's going to happen with the Europuck podcast but until we've made a definite decision I'll be here and these are now going to be back to being weekly podcasts because as I said the season is now just one 
week away, at least in the uh, in the Champions Hockey League. And then the, the Danish Hockey League starting at the end of the month as well. So we will start to have things to talk about. But again, I think these episodes are going to be shorter, particularly at the start, because it is just me talking and not all of the leagues have started yet. And let's be honest, nobody wants to listen to just one person going on and on and on for an hour. Particularly, as I said, when there is not that much to discuss. There have been pre-season tournaments kind of happening all across uh, across Europe. But we're going to focus on this episode on the Champions Hockey League, which starts on Thursday the 26th. It's Wednesday the 18th uh, at the moment. This is going out on Friday the 20th. So as you are watching this or listening to this, the Champions Hockey League is under a week away. And the fixtures for that first day on Thursday, we've got uh, Mlada Bolasav against Frölunda, Luka Roma against Lausanne, Rögler against Evie Zug, uh, the Zurich Lions against IFK Helsinki, and the Cardiff Devils against Adler Mannheim, as well as finally Sondersjaik against Red Bull Munich. So what I am going to do um, with regards to the Champions Hockey League is I'm going to just go through uh, each of the groups, remind you of the teams that are in those groups, uh, remind you of what Hayden and I said, uh, well, predicted might happen within those groups. I did message him over the course of the summer when um, there was the the change in teams and uh, Slav, uh, Slavin Bratislava came, uh, yeah, came in. It's been you can tell it's been so long since I've um, I've been doing this as as well. But uh, we'll have a look uh, at the groups then. We'll start well logically I suppose in um, in Group A. Get the news article up uh, with all of the information. They have been uh, previewing the groups as uh, as best they can. So. Group A then is going to feature the 2017 CHL finalists Sparta Prague, uh, TPS Turku who are in their fifth time, uh, the Vasco Lakers who were the finalists in 2018 and the Bremerhaven Penguins who are uh, here for the first time from the DEL. Uh, Sparta Prague, you will remember, had a successful season uh, last uh, year and then also a disappointing one at the same time. Uh, so they had uh, they were the best team in the regular season and uh, were on their way to winning a first championship title for over 10 years, uh, but then lost it to Billy Tigri Liberec in uh, in game seven in the um, in the semi-finals. So but they got in there as see the, the best team in the league. Um, and then so their first game is against the Vaxia Lakers. Vaxia Lakers, their sixth season of top-level European hockey. Uh, they were the 2020 SHL champions, uh, even though they were only promoted there f- uh, nine years ago, and they've won the championship three times in the last nine years. Uh, but if you're a Vaxia Lakers fan, they are the only side from Sweden uh, to play in a CHL final and not lift the trophy. Let's be honest, that kind of is swayed a bit because of Frölunda, who have just been so dominant throughout the course of uh, the Champions Hockey League. Uh, 
Have a look then at uh, the new team, the Penguins from Harvard. Again, they're making their debut this year, as I said earlier. Um, so they're a bit of a a kind of unknown entity. Nobody knows anything about them really in terms of Champions Hockey League because they've not been there before. See, so teams can look at how they were in the DEL, but at the same time, there's so much in the way of kind of roster changes that nobody really knows what's going to make of them. So could they be a surprise team in the group? We'll have to see uh, about that one. I'm not too sure, um, but you never know. It uh, They might be. And then finally in that group is TPS Turku, who uh, you know, weren't haven't been in the CHL for a couple of years, um, but they have been the Finnish champions 11 times. Uh, although they have failed to make the playoffs for the Champions Hockey League in the last twice that they have been in the Champions Hockey League. So potentially they uh, could find things a bit difficult. In terms of the um, group predictions from myself and Hayden, uh, we both have the Vasher Lakers going through as winners of the group. I then say Turku in second and Sparta Prague in third. Hayden has those two the other way around, but we both have the Bremerhaven Penguins at the bottom of Group A. Go through then into Group B. The reigning champions, of course, Frölunda. don't think we really need to say too much um, about Frölunda. They, uh, yeah, they've made all but one they competed in every single edition of the Champions Hockey League and have made a final appearance in every single one apart from the 2017-18 season. Uh, obviously, they are the reigning champions of the, the of the Champions Hockey League, but they had a difficult domestic season. And had it not been for the fact they were champions of the Champions Hockey League, they would not have been in it this year um, because they only finished seventh in the league and got knocked out of the playoff quarterfinals by Rögler who are making their CHL debut and we'll come on to later on. But Ryan Lash, the all-time CHL uh, top scorer, is back in their lineup after he split his time between Finland and Switzerland last year. Um, and as the most successful team in the competition, you can never rule Frölunda out. Moving through then into IFK Helsinki, uh, where they made the quarterfinals back in 2014-15. It was Frölunda who knocked them out and they are back in Group uh, the same group. Uh, they finished second in the league in Finland, third place in the playoffs. So again, being the Finnish league, that's how they got into the Champions Hockey League. Uh, he said, the, the general manager, Tobias Salomon, that they want to win the title. They have big hopes for this season. We'll see over the course of the season how exactly that um, progresses. MK, uh, sorry, BK Mlada Boleslav, uh, were last in the Champions Hockey League in the 2016-17 season. Uh, it is a tough group, but they did have a strong domestic campaign. Again, maybe potentially a bit of a dark horse there. And the Zurich Lions, again, have always uh, been you know, a team in and around the Champions Hockey League. Their sixth campaign, uh, they always aim for it, but they have got a tough group. This is the third time Zurich have faced Frölunda in the group stage. And both times they qualified out of the group, which is what obviously they'll want to do again. In terms of the group predictions, uh, we've both gone for exactly the same group prediction here, Hayden and myself. Frölunda, Zurich, Helsinki, and then Boleslav at the bottom. 
Group C then, this is the uh, the group with British interest with the Cardiff Devils in this group. They are alongside Lausanne, Adler Mannheim and Luca Rama. Look at Adler Mannheim, they've got another team a bit like Frölunda. Um, they've qualified for every single Champions Hockey League season except for one and they've got past the group stage three times but have only ever got to the round of 16. Uh, they are DL champions eight times um, but they won the regular season group south division um, but were knocked out by Wolfsburg in the semi-finals and for Adler the only way of being a successful season is winning the title um, so they're hoping to get out of the group get to the playoffs is the first goal but will they do that in a competitive group C also finish side Lukarama probably the favourites in that group C uh, they had a brilliant um, domestic season. They uh, finished the regular season at the top for the first time in uh, their Liga history. They won their first Finnish championship for 60 years, going in on a load of confidence Art Lukarama. Um, they participated in three CHL seasons so far. They made it into the quarterfinals in 2014-15. Now, the Cardiff Devils, uh, the leading team of the Elite League before the season was cancelled. Now, the Cardiff Devils obviously they weren't taking part in the Elite Series from uh, earlier on in the year. But um, because that wasn't a proper Elite League campaign, they are kind of carrying it forward from the last proper Elite League campaign. So they won the Elite League six times, uh, but they have had share of bad looks. In 2017-18, they got uh, Vasha Lakers, Ambili Tibi-Liberec, then they got uh, Red Bull Salzburg the year after that. SC Burn they faced. They faced Frölunda and Mountfield. So uh, that was, and that was in a group stage in 2018-19. And those two teams were the ones that made it all the way through to the final as well. So Cardiff have not had their fair share of luck. Uh, they got three wins out of their six group stage uh, games in that 2018-19 season, but still didn't make it out of the group stage. And that is something that only from the UK, the Nottingham Panthers have done, and then they lost to the Zurich Lions in the round of 16. But in terms of the group stage, me being the ever Brit, I was very um, optimistic. So I've gone from Luco winning the group, Cardiff in second, getting out of the group, Adelmanheim third, and Lausanne fourth. Uh, Hayden has almost done the complete opposite to me. He's got Lausanne topping the group, Adelmanheim in second, Luca missing out in third, and then Cardiff at the bottom of that table in fourth. Group D, when everything wants to load back up for me again. So Group D has Evi Zug, uh, Rögler, uh, Sonders Jaik and Red Bull Munich. Uh, Evi Zug, they've never missed a Champions Hockey League season. They finished inside the top four of the Swiss National League uh, every year since 2015 and they became the champions last year. Your members reporting on that. It's also their first national title since 1998. So they've got a title coming off the back of that. A lot of experience in the Champions Hockey League. They will be hoping to go far. Uh, Rögler is the uh, in the next side, the Swedish team, third in the 2019-20 SHL season. They gained their first ever ticket to the Champions Hockey League. Uh, but, of course, the pandemic threw a major spanner into the works. So they're coming in as newcomers. Um, and they are twins. Uh, yeah, so they've got their head coach, Cam Abbott, and general manager, Chris Abbott, who are former CHL champions from their time with Lalea Hockey. So those two know 
what it is like to go all the way in the Champions Hockey League. And of course, it's the team in the domestic league that knocked out Frölunda last year. So they've got a wealth of confidence as well. Sonders Yike then, uh, they lost in the final to the Rungstad Seer Capitals, but in the 2018-19 Metalingen season, but in the 1920 season, they were the first Danish team to ever win the IIHF Continental Cup, which means they got in as like the Continental Cup wildcard, that 32nd team that we have discussed in the past. Um, so they are coming in, as I said, uh, they have made two CHL appearances, 2014-15 and 15-16. So they do have a bit of experience, but it was quite a while ago. And then finally, in that group, Red Bull Munich, who you would think are potentially one of the more favoured sides in that group. Five CHL seasons to date, and they're one of Europe's best hockey teams. Uh, they came close to victory in 2018-19. They were beaten by Frölunda in the CHL final. They are the only team within Group D to have made a CHL final. So we see if they can do it again. In terms of the predictions for Group D, there I went with Zug, Munich, Rögler, and then Sonderzijk. Hayden went with Zurich, Rögler. Uh, sorry, he went with Zug, Rögler, Munich, and Sonderzijk. So he just has Rögler and Munich the other way around. So those are the first four groups of the Champions Hockey League. We'll now move through into Group E. So then into Group E. E, we've got uh, to start with, it's the Berlin Ice Bears. Now, they've participated in four Champions Hockey League seasons. They've only made it as far as the round of 16, though. But they have had some magical moments in the league over the year. Two wins against EV Zurich in 2016-17 is the one that uh, stands out to them. But they've got no prior history with two of their three upcoming uh, opponents. They face Galefter but they have not yet faced in the Champions Hockey League uh, Tapra Tampere or HC Lugano. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what uh, the situation is with those two. Skeletra, as I said, they're back for their sixth taste of the Champions Hockey League. They finished fourth in the regular season. They made it to the SHL playoff semi-finals last season. They only just fell shy of the final. Um, they've never missed out on the playoffs since the 2007-8 season. They do have a track record in the Champions Hockey League as well. And they are the uh, de facto team to beat in Group E, having made it all the way to the semi-finals before. Uh, they have won their group each season. They have participated in the Champions Hockey League. They've never missed the Champions Hockey League playoffs. HC Lugano then, the two times participants, they're back for their third one. They first played in 16-17. They faced Tapra Tampa again. Uh, the Finns won the first tie, but Lugano won the return leg. They went to the round of 16. Uh, they, yeah, in 2018-19, they then made their second one. They only won three games, but managed to make the playoffs. So contrast that to Cardiff, who won three games and didn't make the playoffs. It can really depend a lot on the groups themselves. We'll have to see what Lugano can do over there from Switzerland. And then finally in that group, Tapra Tampere, they are one of the few teams that's qualified for every single Champions Hockey League season since 2014 when it restarted. They're the most experienced team in the group. They're out of the group stage every single season. You would think they would have to do it again. Uh, they enter their seventh CHL season. They finished fourth in the Liga last season. Their worst results since missing the Liga playoffs altogether in 2011-12. So they're always there or thereabouts in the Liga. 
Will they have a good run in the Champions Hockey League? We'll have to just wait and see on that one. In terms then of uh, Group E, uh, I had uh, the Berlin Ice Bears at the top, Tapera, and then Skelefta and Lugano. Hayden had Lugano, uh, then Berlin, then Skelefta, and then Tapera at the bottom. Doesn't really uh, rate Tapera so much, although neither of us, even though they've qualified out of the group every single year, put Skelefta in the top two of that group. So we may well be proven wrong there. We'll uh, We'll have to see on that one. Uh, then if we go back to the um, news and have a look at Group F, the final group that was done in the main draw to avoid Olympic qualifying that didn't actually work, as we discussed at length when we um, when we were doing the uh, the draw live as well. So in Group F, you've got Lexans, Slovan Bratislava, who of course came in at the last moment, Freeborg Gotteren and Ocelari Trinek. So Trinek, former semi-finalist of the Champions Hockey League, hoping to be the dominant force in Group F. And indeed, Hayden and I both have them topping Group F in our uh, predictions for the group. And they've also had some better arrivals come this summer as well with NHL experience in there. Uh, two debutants in the group and no prior CHL me- meetings with the other non-debutant Freeborg Gotteren. No team can afford to kind of feel each other out. They've got this should be an exciting group. Nobody's played each other before. Nobody really knows what the other teams are about. But Trinek, you would think, are the most likely team to progress out of that group as, as the winners. They will certainly be hoping to do that. Lexans, well, they, of course, bounced in recent years between the SHL, the Alsvenson, going up and down. And then last season, a third place finish in the league and a debut in the Champions Hockey League. It's exciting times for Lexans, a brand new competition for them, um, particularly with the success of the Swedish side since the Champions Hockey League in 2014. So interesting to see what they do over the course of this group. It's not kind of impossible to think that they might get out of the group. Freeborg Gotterin, well, they've not been in the CHL for a while. Their best finish in the league since 2014 was last season when they uh, came third. Uh, and the group of players, they vary age and experience, so should be kind of a good balance there. Uh, they all want to get out of the group stage. Uh, and then finally, Slovan Bratislava, a debut for them. They were given the wildcard spot in the Champions Hockey League because of uh, Unix Minsk from Belarus no longer being in the Champions Hockey League because of the problems in Belarus and they can't guarantee the safety of the teams and the players and the staff and what have you. Um, They finished fourth in the league and got all the way to the semi-finals of the uh, playoffs in Slovakia, losing to eventual champions Volan. They've got a good core of young players in the lineup. Exciting to see what they do. It's one where a few people have potentially gone, well, why are Slovan Bratislava in the Champions Hockey League? They finished fourth in the league in a wildcard league and then they've failed in the semi-finals. But obviously the wildcards can be handed to whoever the Champions Hockey League see fit. Um, so that's what the Champions Hockey League have decided to do. Now, uh, group, uh, we'll just run through the Group F uh, prediction. So I've got Trinek, Lexans, Freeborg and Slovan Bratislava. Hayden has the same, but Freeborg and Lexans swapped. So he's got Freeborg going through out of that group. Group G and Group H. These were the teams that were drawn first in the 
in the draw seems way back when now. Um, you've got Klagenfurt, Rungstad, Rouen and Donbass. Now, these are the teams, if you remember, that have their countries in final Olympic qualifying. And um, predominantly, this is Austria and the Challenger Leagues. So you've got Rungstad from Denmark, Rouen from France, Donbass Donetsk from, from Ukraine alongside uh, Klagenfurt that there came out of Austria, Bolzano and Salzburg out of Austria as well, uh, Jastrowby from uh, Poland and Friskaska from Norway. Because those countries are in final Olympic qualifying, they are not, they have a slightly different schedule to everybody else, which is why they weren't included in the main draw. Now, in, there were three Austrian teams in that. Two of them are in Group H. You feel that Bolzano and Salzburg will get out of the group against uh, Jastrowby and Frisk. And in fact, that's what both Hayden and I have said. The only differences in Group H we've got is Jastrowby and Frisk the other way around for third and fourth. But in terms of the draw, that doesn't really matter. Uh, group G, we've got exactly the same. We've got Klagenfurt top in the group. We both feel that that's probably the most likely choice, being, as I said, the Austrian team and, the, and probably the strongest team by quite some way. Uh, the Rungstad Seer Capitals in second. Hayden, of course, with a Rungstad jersey, was always going to go for them to be the other team to get out of that group. But I went for it as well. And then Rouen and Donbass, third and fourth in Group G. So that is... A reminder of the groups in the Champions Hockey League. I've ran through the fixtures that's going on on Thursday as well. So, I'm going to have a bit of a chat now about the Elite Ice Hockey League in the UK. Um, and may be able to tell <laughs> that my tone has changed somewhat. Um, so, it has come out in the last week, two weeks... Uh, I was on holiday, so it must have been a week ago, yes, um, that in order to cut costs, the Elite League has made some changes to the roster formations for uh, the upcoming season. Now, usually it was a 22, yes, no, 20, um, roster for a match day, and it had to have eight British players in it. It's now changed to a 19-man roster. Now, those of you who are quick at maths can obviously tell you can't do four full lines from a 19-man roster. And only five British players. So it used to be 14 imports and eight Brits. It's now 14 imports and five Brits. In the top league of British ice hockey, five British players, 14 imports, and five British players. Bearing in mind that Great Britain are a world championship top tier country. Didn't get relegated the first year we were up. Wasn't any relegation this year, but wouldn't have gone down anyway. Five British players. There's only 10 teams. That's 50 British players. There were 80. There's now 50. And this has come out for a week now. And with myself being on holiday and the way this podcast comes about a lot of other people have put their opinions in already and i would uh, direct you to people like um johnny bullard's articles and, and caitlin and mark from hockey across the pond podcast because i'm going to be repeating a lot of the same stuff that they have said but the reason that was first cited was to cut costs because british players apparently once they kind of realize what they're worth kind of ask for too much money. 
and imports are apparently cheaper. I struggle to see that when when you've got an import, you're thinking about visas and housing and transport and then still a wage. So I struggle to see that. And there was a, a statement that came out by the league chairman who also with the Sheffield Steelers, one of the, one of the teams, and kind of said all this stuff. And then at the end, essentially said it comes comes down to quality. When the back in the early part of the, the decade 2010s, it was 10 imports, 10 Brits. Um, and the crowds were apparently not as good. I mean, I was down at 13, 14 at the time. So it wasn't as as au fait with the, with the league as I am now. But they say, um, bring me the attendances and I'll bring you the Brits. And what they're saying there is that people are not interested in watching British people play hockey because the quality is not enough. And people, if the quality is not enough, will not go and watch their team. I understand that they want to keep the costs down as much as possible coming off the back of the pandemic because they're not sure how the attendance is going to be. But as many other people have said as well, you are a young up-and-coming British player and you have aspirations of going into the Elite League. And then the chairman of the Elite League says, British players aren't good enough, people don't come to see British players. How demoralising must that be as a player? And also, the current Great Britain roster are not getting any younger. There is a lot of them who are getting towards the end of their Great Britain's career. And as we all know from ice hockey, yes, we've got a few youngsters in there, Liam Kirk being the, the prime example. But one player in ice hockey does not make a team, particularly when they're only on the ice a third of the time. So for two thirds of the time, we've got players that are not going to really have the elite league experience because they can't get a spot on the roster. And even some of the established Great Britain players have struggled to get spots on rosters. I really don't want it to happen, but I can see Great Britain in a few years' time just plummeting back down the world championship pools because we haven't got the quality coming through. It's not that we haven't got the quality coming through, sorry, but the youngsters aren't getting the game time. They're having to go overseas because the UK just doesn't... not necessarily appeal to them, but doesn't have spots for them to, to play. And even if they do get a spot on a two-way contract, there's kind of no point to the two-way contract when you could be the best player in the National League, the NIHL, the second tier below the Elite League, even though there's no promotion, relegation, no real working for a lot of the teams. And if you're going to just do that and then occasionally bench warm on the Elite League side and get a minute and a half of ice time in the third period, what use is that? I mean, you've got, you know, coaches. We said we had it on the Nottingham Lions live stream. I was talking to um, Luke Thomas and, and Seth Bennett when they came for uh, a game for the Lions in the streaming series. And they're, they're both coaching juniors and they're both saying, uh, we're seeing these 14, 15 year olds and we are telling them to go overseas because you won't get the development in in the UK. 
And with ice hockey being the number one watched indoor sport in the UK, the fact that there just isn't the support or the development, well, the, the support and the development's there for youngsters, but there is no pathway up or a very, very difficult pathway up. And I just do not see how severely reducing the number of British players in the Elite League next year to five per team. And even when there were eight Brits on the rosters, one of them, more often than not, is a backup netminder that very rarely plays. The rest were, (coughs) excuse me, fourth line forwards. They very rarely played. Yes, you had some, but not that many. And I just struggle to say, I hope it's only a one-year thing. Because if it's not a one-year thing, I really am concerned for the future of British ice hockey. I really am. And so I've got to try and be as balanced as I am with with all my BBC work and, and all the rest of it. But I am concerned about the future of British hockey if this is not only a one-year thing. It might not have an immediate impact this season coming up. But as I've said, a few seasons down the line, if uh, we can't get the youngsters through Great Britain once this current crop of, of British players who, as said, are not getting any younger retire, I really don't want to see Great Britain falling back down the, the pools again. But I think that's that's what's going to happen if we can't get the British players through and having decent ice time in, in the top league. So we'll have to wait and see what happens to that over the course of um, the, the next season and, and two seasons, see what happens with uh, British ice hockey. But that's, I've said my piece on that now and I'm approaching we're nearing the uh, the half hour mark so that will about do it for this episode of the euro puck podcast if you've got any thoughts opinions or questions you can leave them in the comments below under youtube or tweeters at chris underscore gadsby or at oddmanrush uh, yt there they said uh so these are now back to being weekly but while it's still just me they'll probably only be half an hour because there's only so long i can just stand and talk uh, over and over again about the same things but obviously then once we've got results and fixtures to come in these will start getting a bit more interesting again i need to talk to to hayden because i know he was talking about getting a laptop so he might still be able to come on had one person uh, come and chat to us already about being a guest on the podcast next season. So hopefully we'll be able to do that as well. But yes, that will about do it for this episode of the Europop podcast. Thank you very much for listening and watching. A big thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring this episode. Don't forget to use the promo code THPN over there to get yourself some great deals. But yes, thank you very much for watching and goodbye. <laughs>